from Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. May we have understanding from God as to what he has to say to us today. Blessed be your word, O God. I pray that you might move within our minds, our hearts, our imaginations, that, Lord, what you would have for each one of us, we would hear today. Amen. Well, let me begin by telling you that I really feel privileged to be here. It was an honor that your council um, approved of me to be with you in worship and in pastoral care during the weeks of Curtis's seven-week sabbatical. Um, You know, after sharing worship with you, sitting in the pews and occasionally getting to preach here, I've gotten to know you, and I've actually bragged about you to other people. And you all know that I'm I'm a Presbyterian minister, and so on occasion I meet people who say, well, tell me about your church, and I would tell them about Wasatch Presbyterian Church. But if I have a sense that they might be more comfortable here, believe me, I tell them about First Baptist. I am impressed by you. I have watched the way that you greet and listen to one another, the way that you welcome strangers. I mean, I see this happening. You know, there's always a service opportunity or six going on here. I believe that this is a place where Jesus' love for all creation is preached without prejudice, open for all. And music to a pastor's ears, I have actually heard more than one of you say this, I'm hungry. I don't want God to just be an idea or something I believe in with my brain. I want a real, live, real-time sense of God present in my life. And not just here in worship. I want it for as much time as I can stand it outside of here. And all I've got to say is, wow, you are an impressive group, and I am very happy to be here. By now, um, you've heard a lot about uh, what a sabbatical is. And of course, it comes from the term Sabbath. You've already made that connection. Sabbath is, like a sabbatical, a spiritual exercise in rest and renewal and refreshment, oftentimes study. You know, Curtis's being gone begs a question of all of us about what this time, while he's gone, the cat's away, about what this time might mean for all of you, corporately, individually. You know, I've heard that you intentionally scratch off off meetings on the July calendar, so there's not that much going on in the church in July, and that You know, things are a little low-key around here. So, without Curtis here to charm you or to cajole you into doing something, what opportunities for rest and renewal might be out there for you? 
8. In ancient times, as Karen was so good to help us with, the Hebrews wrote that creation was accomplished in seven of the Lord's days. And for each of those first six days, you know, after the sun had set and the birds had made their nests and the water was flowing, the mountains were towering, God looked back on the day and said, it was good. It was only on the seventh day, the day of rest that God found so delicious, that the divine looked back and didn't declare that the day was good. God said it was holy. Holy means different, reverent, set apart. Well, if we're being honest, for many of us, rest, including Sabbath rest, might seem like a waste of time. Not, you know, not the sleep rest that we all know we need, but, you know, the the kind of rest that comes when you're just sitting, staring off into space, or you're listening to the bees buzz. Here in 2018 in Salt Lake City, busy is good. Now, I've always appreciated that you're honest with me, so I'm going to be honest with you. Don't we all secretly admire people who can multitask and who can get a whole lot done? And as much as we complain about, oh, man, I've got so much to do, Sometimes it just feels good to have a life that's so full and to be in so demand. Okay. Most of us are up to our eyeballs in important things. You know, you've got families to love and jobs to do so you can make money and pay the rent and feed your, feed your kids. And then there are all those minor non-negotiables like finding your dog taking the cat to the vet, changing the oil, putting something in your refrigerator other than frozen pizza, um, doing the laundry. Those things don't go away. So fitting in a Sabbath rest, as the fourth commandment admonishes us, just doesn't seem to be very practical. And when somebody preaches on it, like I'm doing it right now, I can feel it, you're all going... We steal ourselves, fearing that the command to observe the Sabbath is just going to be one more thing I'm going to lay on you. You're going to feel guilty about not doing. Well, fear not. Your salvation is in Jesus Christ. And it is not in anything you do or in anything in the case of the Sabbath that you refrain from doing. Now, majority of you are somewhere in my age cohort, so you can remember about what I'm going to talk about. For some of us of a certain age, the idea of observing the Sabbath isn't particularly inspiring. For me as a little kid, the fourth commandment might well have read, remember the Sabbath and keep it boring. Sunday was full of all kinds of no's. I mean, you young people don't know this, but there were no jeans, no going out and riding your bike, no playing baseball, no going to McDonald's. Well, up until 50 years ago, it was easier to observe some of those no's on the Sabbath because there weren't alternatives. Things called blue laws took care of that. Where I lived, semi-trucks couldn't even come through town on Sunday. Then along comes the rise of consumerism in American culture in the 60s, the green laws, if you will, and things really changed. You know, today it is tough to observe a Sabbath rest of any sort, because isn't there so much out there that's so enticing? And 
and so available 24-7. And I'm not just talking about Sundays. I mean, there's so much that we could participate in in this life. Well, I read uh, that in an attempt to put a commercial value on Sabbath rest, a research doctor in Switzerland did some research, and he found more oxygen was lost in a day's work than could be recovered in a night's rest. And that one day of rest out of every seven was just about enough time to restore the proper amount of oxygen to the body so humans could, be, could then begin their next work week fully charged. I thought that was interesting, but I also wanted to scream. <laughs> as far as I read it in the Bible, the purpose of a Sabbath is not to enable us to work harder or smarter or to be more commercially valuable. Please. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus' disciples are walking by wheat fields on the Sabbath, which in Jewish culture was on Saturday. And hungry, they reached out for a handful of grain and they munched it as they were moving along. Then they suffered this tongue lashing by the priests who said, Grain plucking on the Sabbath is considered work, and that's illegal. Jesus, our ever-sensitive and wise Lord, took exception to the Pharisees' interpretation of that law and told them in no uncertain terms, you can say it with me, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Okay. Given the story of creation, given the fourth commandment, what did Jesus mean? Well, there's a true story about a trekking party some years ago in the interior of what was called the Belgian Congo then. For days, along with their European employers, these Congolese porters um, just kept pushing ahead at a very hectic pace. And one morning when the Europeans were getting ready to set out, they noticed that their porters were found sitting around camp, not making any preparations at all. When asked, why aren't you doing anything to get ready for today's trek? They said quite simply that their souls had been traveling so fast in the last few days that they had gotten ahead of them and that they were going to stay quietly in camp for the day and allow their souls to catch up. A Sabbath rest is not so much about God demanding our attention, but God saying to us, for your sake, for the sake of your relationship with me, take the time to get your act together to allow your soul to catch up. I'm fond of a theologian by the name of Evelyn Underhill. She wrote something I have never forgotten. We are amphibious creatures. Our lives move on two levels at once. We are material and spiritual beings. Sabbath days, Sabbath hours, Sabbath moments are about bringing movement on those two levels together. Said another way, Sabbath is about becoming more conscious of eternity in real time, 
I didn't write that, so I'm going to say it again. Sabbath is about becoming more conscious of eternity in real time. It's said that the first of the first three of the Ten Commandments are about our relationship with God. And the last six are about our relationship with uh, community, each other. It's suggested that the fourth is really about our relationship with ourselves. Something to think about. But how do we do it? Well, for starters, congratulations, you are all here. <laughs> Worship is a heck of a good Sabbath idea because here we have a more concentrated opportunity to be mindful, to be mindful of God within and, and, and all around us. We don't get that in the grocery store. And it's wonderful to come here and have that saturation, that immersion experience. But I want to ask you, what else makes it possible for you to experience a Sabbath? Where do you go? What do you do? Where can you be most open to God present with you? And I, and I want to hear from you. What, what's a Sabbath look like? Where, where do you find it? Somebody, please. Where do you find Sabbath? Nature. Lynn. Nature's a big one. Boy, we live in a great place for the, they say the word of nature to speak. Family, each other, heart work. Buddy, in youth group, yes, where real life gets happening. (laughs) Finding time, making time, taking the time for Sabbath. For the kind of rest that you get, for the kind of inspiration that you receive, for the sense of communion that you have with the divine when you go out in nature, when you're with your family, when you're with your great friends, isn't easy in this world. And I'm going to suggest to you that it's not just because we have so much to do. And this is where I'm going to start messing. Because I know people who can do five things at once who are incapable of doing nothing. Saying no to take time for life-giving recreation for these people is a more difficult spiritual practice than kneeling on a cold stone floor or going out to the prison to visit people or fasting or tithing. And it can feel plenty awkward not to be doing anything, not to be doing anything that's apparently righteous or to be seen by other people to sort of, and they really let it go. Um, in my experience, too, there's always this sort of this, this spell of disorientation when I stop to rest and retrain my focus from me to God. A true confession. I often live out of the premise that I am more worthy when I am producing something. Am I alone? It's hard to retrain your perspective, to see again that, you know what? This whole world belongs to God. God who is and always will be capable and in control and really doesn't need me to do anything. So I'm guessing that one of the reasons that keeping Sabbath is a commandment, not just a good idea, is because on my own, 
where I am so compelled to think and to produce, I get consumed with myself and find it hard to feel my way into the necessity of a Sabbath rest. I think that's one of the reasons it's its commandment. On our own, we wouldn't go there. But God says, I am so jealous for your time. I am so jealous for moments with you without a lot of distraction. This is good. Make it happen. Well, the fourth commandment is, believe it or not, the longest of the ten. Now, the sixth commandment took only four words. Thou shalt not kill. The Lord used 94 words to tell us about Sabbath rest. And I'm thinking that's because the commandment is also about more than just us. It includes a call to to see that the world and people around us have their time, too, to bring that material and that spiritual world together. Because in respecting Sabbath for others, their need for some rest realized. I, I love the way one person put it. She said, when we recognize other people's and beings' right to Sabbath, we suspend our subtle and our not-so-subtle way of dominating one another and the planet. After all, when the Walmart cashier and the bank president are both lying on picnic blankets in the park, It's hard to tell them apart. So, where do we go from here? Are you willing to test whether you would still be precious in God's sight if you spent a whole day, or an hour, or a moment being intentionally good for nothing, except open to God's presence? There's There's the pitch. You know, perhaps, I mean, I'm sure some of you already have a Sabbath practice. I'm glad we've heard about it. I hope maybe you'll let me know what it is. For all of us, however, I'm going to issue an invitation. And that's when you walk into worship in these next seven weeks and you're startled, just for a moment, not to see Curtis here. I want you to use that moment for reflecting on practicing Sabbath for yourself. Whether it is in that moment that you, you take a deep breath, inviting an awareness of God present, or whether you use that quick moment to to be reminded that holy rest waits for you. I want you to try it. And I'm going to end with these words from another person. When the fields are at rest, when shy deer step forward from the woods to graze over the purple clover grown over last year's tomato plants, and Carolina chickadees hang upside down to pry seeds from the sunflowers that have taken over the vineyard. When the people who belong to this land walk through it with straw hats in their hands instead of hoes, and they discover that wild blackberries water their mouths as surely as the imported grapes they worked so hard to protect from last year's frost. This is not called letting things go. This is called practicing Sabbath. And you have to wonder what makes human beings so resistant to it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.